0: I had an idea of what the Lord wanted me to talk about tonight, but two or three hours ago, I, I just went to um, uh, the Most Anointed Corner at uh, the Most Anointed Starbucks, which is the one that I frequent, and, <clears throat> and I, <laughs> I sat down with um, my, my Bible and my, my laptop and opened it up, and, and I felt just the presence of the Lord almost immediately. And uh, just kind of stepped into a flow with uh, our, uh, our best buddies named Wisdom and Revelation. Paul talks about them, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we would know, that we would see, that we would understand how great this love is. Um, that's my, my paraphrase. But what I wanted to talk about tonight is the ministry of the Holy Ghost. And um, at the end, we're going to do impartation, uh, which is just a fancy word for us putting our hands on you and passing virtue, passing the virtue of God to you. See, we're actually conduits of God. We are passageways for his blessing to reach anyone around us. I mean, Jesus demonstrated this, um, obviously, really well. He would encounter someone who had great need and then the need would be provided. It would just come out of him. He would... Um, I feel like sometimes we lose, the, uh, we lose the ability to love the person in front of us because we're looking over their shoulder at what comes next. And we'll, sometimes we lose the ability to fully make someone happy in the Lord, the individual who is standing right in front of us because we're looking to um, minister to the masses. And Jesus had this way. He still does. It's the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to um, make people feel like they're the most important person in the room and that he would be able to pull from storehouses of heaven. He'd be able, I mean, figuratively, spiritually, reach through himself and pull out exactly what that person needed. I've noticed that when I speak about the Lord, most of the time it's really not about what was said that makes the message great, but it's, it's about who came in the room. And he's here. He's here, but what's going to happen tonight is our eyes are going to be opened wider. Blinders are going to be pulled off. Anything that's been obstructing our view and our ability to feel and experience his presence is going to be removed. And so... um, those are the gatherings that I really enjoy, when it, you, you can't really remember necessarily what the person said, but you remember who showed up. And so um, that's what we're after tonight. So as I'm speaking, uh, just posture your hearts to receive and to be open to the arrival or discovery of the presence of angels. And the Holy Spirit, who is the King of the Spirits, angels, obviously, they, they represent attributes of his nature and they do his bidding. So many times when we feel an encounter with the Holy Spirit coming, it's actually an angel coming close. That's fine, too. Uh, we don't necessarily need to split hairs all the time because, you know, we're going to be growing in our ability to discern uh, the good. We're going to be growing in our ability to discern. Um, you know, if it's some angel, big angel named Bartholomew who uh, deals out joy bombs, or if it's some small angel named, you know, Judas, the good Judas, who you know deals out, <laughs> who deals out peace. Um, but it's not really that important as long as we're um, we're honoring the Lord and enjoying His presence. Speaking of uh, enjoying his presence, my uh, my youngest daughter, Charlotte, she's almost four months old. She's between three and four months old. And um, she recently got to the point where she would smile back at you, which is really awesome. Any parents in here can attest to the fact that it's really great when the child actually starts to, to reciprocate love. You're like... You, you actually know that I exist. I'm, I'm not just like a food dispensary and you, you appreciate my presence. It's really good. It's really good for the uh, parent's heart to actually see the child react to their love. Um, and her smile is so infectious. This happened with all, all four of my kids, but her smile, I will do anything to make her smile. You'll hear this grown man make the girliest noises. Like woo, <laughs> <Hello>, little girl. <laughs> you know, I'm doing anything to get her to smile, and then when she does smile, I want to keep it, you know, keep it going. Because I have the father's heart. He is trying to do anything. To put a smile on your face and keep it there. You know the, the the best way to experience more of Him is to respond to Him. When He says something funny, giggle. Be be the even if even if you if if you just feel like a little bit of joy enter the room, the joy of the Lord enter the room. Just be like hallelujah. And then the angels and the Holy Spirit, they're like, that dude knows how to react to my presence. And then there's more coming. Does that make sense? Everybody everybody has a best friend or a good friend that laughs at all their jokes, right? You love to be around them, don't you? The Holy Spirit appreciates being appreciated. If you feel him come in the room, respond. I mean, we are so Americanized. (laughs) We're just, you know, we sit there like, I need to experience God in my mind, and he's going to have to force me to stand up and dance. (laughs) Otherwise, it's just pure emotionalism. (laughs) No, like we actually play a part in this enjoyment and this relationship, this deepening of this friendship with the Lord, James actually says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. That, I mean, that that is a very vague verse that covers pretty much anything that says, respond to God. And he'll respond to you. Uh, my friend Becca was in a pretty dangerous situation. Uh, country for Christians to be in as a missionary, and uh, our other friends, Joy and Cece, sent the angel that guards their front door to Becca. And now, Becca and Cece and uh, Joy, they all have seen this angel. He's, he's always by Joy and Cece's front door, and his name is Charles, And, um, and so they, they felt from the Holy Spirit that they were to send Charles to Becca for whatever, for protection. Well, Becca is in India, or not India, it's a, a, an area that's, yeah, another, another country. I can't even remember which one it is, and I don't think I'm even supposed to say which one it is, uh, because they're that opposed to Christianity. But... um she sees Charles show up. And she messages Joy and Cece and says, what is Charles doing here? (laughs) And Joy and Cece were like, no way. You can see him. This is awesome. Y'all are weird if you believe in this stuff. It's, in the, I mean, you guys have read the Bible, right? They have conversations with angels in the Bible. Uh, in January 2014, the Lord took me into a vision where uh, <clears throat> I walked in to this heavenly place. And there's an open door. And through the open door, I saw a big planning table and... Um, you know, more than a dozen angels around this t- planning table. And then there, I saw Jesus. I saw uh, his back was turned to me as I'm approaching this door. And uh, as, as I come in, he turns and smiles at me. Um, because one of the angels actually nudged him and said, look, Jesus, he finally came back. It had been a long time since I'd been in a heavenly realm like that uh, in a way that I was, you know, having an open vision. And I I instantly started crying because I felt like I was an honored guest. And I realized all those angels were ministering angels for the saints. And Jesus was um, pouring over these plans for 2014. It It was a planning table, and he was telling angels who they were going to be assigned to. What they were going to be doing, and there were like blueprints and maps, and it felt like a war room or something. And uh, Jesus motioned to three these three angels, like nodded to him, and I knew that they had been assigned to me. And so, as they approached me, I, I felt the exhilarating presence, you know, virtues of the Holy Ghost, and uh, the lead the leader of these three, the most outspoken. <clears throat> he said, uh, he looked me in the eyes and said, we believe in you. And we've got your back when you don't know what to do. And uh, I said to him, let's do this. <clears throat> I came out of the vision and I, I knew that those angels were going to go with me. Uh, and I, I, I got to know one of them better than the others. I got to know some of the things that special enablements that they brought, um, and uh, it was—it's—they're it's, still with me. Uh, but I remember a, a marked difference from that that point on. The next time I ministered, I had uh, more words of knowledge that were dead on because one of the angels was whispering them to me. Um, I had more healings than I usually do, like when I I minister, because one of the angels is an angel of healing, physical healing, you know, like miracles. And uh, man, I can't explain this all to you, but it's all biblical. (laughs) There's a lot of verses about angels and what they do. Um, And so tonight, what I want to do is honor the Holy Spirit and make room for him. Because he carries a complete revelation and nature of God. He reveals Jesus and he reveals the Father because Jesus said in John 14, 9, that anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And we know that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ because it says so in Romans 8, 9 and 1 Peter 1, 11. Oh, that's why I've been seeing one eleven so much. Um, it says that he's the spirit of the Son in Galatians 4, 6, and it even says that he's the spirit of the Father in Matthew 10, 20. That's the Holy Ghost. Has anyone ever seen Jesus in a dream or a vision? Or, yeah, yeah, keep him up, loud and proud. All right. Didn't it, like, wasn't it awesome? I mean, that's an understatement, right? I mean, indescribable things happened inside your heart, didn't it? Anybody ever seen the Lord with open eyes, like not a vision? Straight up, like your eyes, like as wake, as like you're sitting here right now. Your eyes are open. You saw Jesus. It's okay. Come on, Jeremy. You saw Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's okay. I didn't, I, I didn't mean to, uh, you know, ruin the secret that you had with the Lord or anything. Jeremy Vega from Missouri. Everybody walking, <laughs> watching online. Um, <laughs> I've, uh, I've seen the Lord uh, three times in dreams that turned into encounters. And each time I woke up and my pillow was soaked in my tears. And it changed me every time. In 1 John 3.2, it says, we'll see him and we'll be like him because we see him as he is. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is spirit. So what's the uh, secret to a happy Christian life? Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. And, you know, when I say that all we need to do is look at Jesus, most people would shout, hey, man, that sounds awesome. But if we stopped to think about it, we'd probably think, well, what else do I have to do? It can't be that easy. I can't just, like, study his nature and, and, you know, look at his face and everything, you know, like it starts to transform him. Well, yeah, that's exactly what happens. Seriously, how would you like to be Moses when God gave him the look at the serpent on the pole message? All, all of the camp of Israel, they were getting bit by nasty, poisonous serpents. There's poison running through their bodies, and it's just a terrible scene. And God uh, tells Moses to raise this pole with like a serpent on it, represents Jesus. And everyone who looks at it will be healed and everyone in, in Israel is like, oh, yeah, that sounds awesome. No, they're like, you're an idiot, Moses. How is looking at a stupid stick going to do anything? What else? What process? How, how are we going to fix ourselves? And Moses is like, look at the pole. Thus saith the Lord. Look at Jesus. He's the serpent who was lifted in the wilderness. Look at Jesus. And poison will be drawn from your veins. Woo! All the serpent's bites will get healed when you look at Jesus. That's why Paul got to the point where he's like, I've resolved to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is a guy who was like a Hebrew of Hebrews, a rabbi of rabbis. He knew the Old Testament inside and out. And then he had those, you know, several years in the wilderness where he was trained and discipled by Jesus himself with visions so great and, you know, trips to the third heaven so powerful that he couldn't even repeat some of the things that he saw and heard. And he's got this wealth of wisdom and he probably has the best how-to messages in the world. And he says, it's just Jesus, just look at him. Nothing else works. There are a billion stupid Christian books on the market. They're all about how to, how to, how to fix yourself. But if Christ isn't the center of that, they're worthless. And you just wasted a whole bunch of time reading uh, some psychological self-help crap. Has anybody ever been able to make themselves better? Has anybody ever gone into a season of deep introspection to try to work on the soul and come out encouraged at what you found in there? Jesus is the healer of our hearts. It offends my mind. When I think when he says you just just look at me I think it can't be that easy but it is This is a key verse for us it's John 14:26 I'm going to read it from the amplified I discovered the Amplified version uh, of John fourteen twenty six today, and I liked it. It says, But the Helper, also known as Comforter, Advocate, Intercessor, Counselor, Strengthener, and Standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, a.k.a. in my place to represent me and act on my behalf, will teach you all things and he will help you remember everything that I've told you. So Jesus thinks that having the Holy Spirit around is actually way cooler than having him around. Jesus himself thinks that you having the Holy Ghost is way cooler than you having him in the flesh. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone through that, would he have? He actually said, it's better. This is John sixteen seven. I tell you the truth, it's better that I go, because if I don't go, the helper or advocate won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. Jesus actually said, the age that we are in now, the person that you are in this moment is better than being John the Apostle who laid his head on the, on the chest of Christ. Who you are and where you are now, you are in a better position than Peter who walked with Jesus through the streets of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. It's better that I go. It's better that I leave because you're gonna get the Holy Ghost. You're gonna get the Holy Spirit. He's gonna live inside you. He's not just emotions. He's not just ghost bumps, which I have right now. (laughs) He's just not good feelings or happy thoughts. He is God himself who has put man's suit on again. Come on, guys. Jesus didn't just come to reveal the nature of God. He came to reveal the true nature of man. That's why it says that when we're looking at him, we're beholding as in a mirror dimly. Jesus is your mirror, so when you see Jesus, he's actually saying, you look just like me. You're perfect, you're perfect, you're perfect, you're complete, you're whole, you're perfect. I made you just right, you are perfect. He's our mirror. He is the ark. Archety- when, when God designed Adam and Eve, he made them so much like God. So much. That's you. Only you don't just walk with God in the cool of the day in the garden. You walk with God in the cool of the day in the garden inside your heart. He's even closer than he was to Adam He's saying you're perfect. Guys, um, if you were to receive an iPod and there was like a nasty song downloaded on it, would you go back to the Apple store and say, this is a defective iPod? No, they would would look at you and you say, that's our best model, just came out. It's like 237 gigabytes. It's best one on the market. There's nothing wrong with the iPod. It's just singing a song that was downloaded on it that shouldn't be there. You are perfect. You are perfect. You are perfect. There have been songs downloaded into your heart that you've been singing that need to be deleted, but you are perfect. You are perfect. there's nothing wrong with you. There's some songs that need to be deleted because a perfect iPod shouldn't be singing a dirty song. A perfect iPod shouldn't be singing a a self-hatred song or a violent song. John the Baptist, his middle name is said, John T. Baptist said uh, (laughs) he he had one really famous prophecy. I mean, it was the most famous. It showed up in all four gospels and he said, I baptize you in water but one who's coming after me, who's mightier than I whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie will baptize you in the Holy Spirit, and fire. He showed up in all four gospels. It's pretty important that we get, get a hold of that one. At one point, it said that all of Israel was, had gone to him to be baptized. That was a lot of people. His arms were tired. Seriously, lots of people got baptized. <laughs> I mean, day and night, he's just dunk, dunk. I baptize you in water, but one is coming after me who's mightier than I, dunk. Whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie, dunk, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. He's saying it. Everyone who comes, he's saying, one's coming after me who is mightier than I. And just like I'm dunking you in water, immersing you in water, he's gonna immerse you in the Holy Ghost. You're going to come as a cucumber and be pickled. (laughs) You shall not undo this pickling. Forever you will exist as a tasty pickle from that day henceforth. Anybody ever had an encounter with the Holy Ghost in here? How about tonight during worship? I did. Felt his presence. Felt reassured about my future. All the stupid stuff I was worried about started laughing at that stuff. <laughs> all the priorities that were out of alignment, they all lined up perfectly when I felt the Holy Spirit come close because he he brought clarity and happiness. It's happy. As happy as a unicorn eating skittles, pooping rainbows. Unicorns are in the King James Bible. Just want to warn you, it's in there. You're going to see some weird stuff when you get to heaven. I promise you that. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Who, who's, who's had an encounter with the Holy Spirit? Katie, come here for a second. What, what did it feel like when the Holy Spirit came close? It's indescribable, really, because it's just, I mean, I felt I feel so much power, but I know it's not mine. I know it's not my own. I just feel a lot of love, too. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like anything change in your physical body? Yeah, I was uncontrollably shaking and on fire. So hot. So hot. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) hot. Who else has had an encounter with the Holy Spirit? Come on, Kylie. All right. Now what, what happened when he came closer, when you felt his presence or you became aware of his presence? Um, My body is like super hot, but I'm so cold at the same time. Like I can feel his like breath, like breathing on me. And it's like, I'm like so hot, but it's like, I'm still so cold because of the wind that I feel around him. Awesome. What, what did you feel in your emotions? Oh, I ball. I ball. I cry. I'm an emotional wreck. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Welcome to the gang. <laughs> Who else has had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that can describe Yeah, Alan. Come on up. Alan Sylvie, everybody. Sylvie, right? What did it what did it feel like when the Holy Ghost came close? I, I just feel a presence on me and it's like my body wants to lift just like a light. Yeah. Like a lightness that comes about. Do you ever feel him like on your shoulders and neck, like it almost like a tingling or like a a burden begins to rest on you? No, what I feel is more of a, okay, I've never been drunk, but if you've ever had just a little too much alcohol, like how you get just a, like a little bit dizzy, I kind of get like that, but I can, I can fully function under it though. So it's, yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. Thank you, Alan. Yeah, uh, Tracy mentioned drunkenness earlier. It's the, it's the new wine. There are a lot of allusions in uh, the, the Bible, Old Testament and new, to the Holy Spirit being like wine. Anybody else encounter the Holy Ghost and want to describe it? Come on up, Jasmine. This is Jasmine. She, she just graduated Encounter Jesus School. You are a joy bomb. You know that? Yeah. All right, so wh- what's it like when the Holy Ghost comes around? <laughs> uh, yeah, sometimes uh, his presence is is quite overpowering. It really is. We're not being flippant or disrespectful when we enjoy the presence of the Holy Ghost. Okay. We're not making a show or anything like that. We are actually responding to his presence on us. Have you ever seen like a toaster oven plugged into a nuclear power plant? I haven't either, but I think it would explode. (laughs) So like you're a toaster and he's the power. I think you already got it. You understood what I was saying there. (laughs) You're able to handle a certain amount of power and, and you'll be able to hold your liquor more and more as you grow, like Alan, Alan talked about. Tonight, three shots of Holy Ghost, one, two, three. Um, but he is, he is God. He is God, he's God. His voice is still the same voice that twists the cedars of Lebanon and shatters the oaks. And when he begins to whisper in that place of encounter in you, often you can't control yourself. When he comes close like that, or when he says something like that, you start shaking like Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> or you you do or you do the John Eckert head jerk. Hey! Daisy Posadas knows about this. Here's some titles for the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to go through them real quick. Author of Scripture, Comforter, Counselor, Advocate, Convictor of Sin, Deposit, Seal, Guarantee, Our Guide, Indweller, of believers, intercessor, revealer, spirit of truth, spirit of God, spirit of the Lord, spirit of Christ, spirit of life, teacher, witness. You know that you're blessed with every spiritual blessing that's in Christ Jesus, because you're seated in heavenly places with him, right? Could it be that some of those blessings – aren't realized until they're passed to you through a sibling in Christ. Could it be that many of these blessings and giftings are actually, they are distributed among the whole family, but the way that you get some of them is through what's called impartation. That you you recognize that you need something that, Ariel has, and so you humbly go to her and say, would you lay hands on me? You're, like, way happier than me, and I want that. Or you, you, you see that, that Katie has a gift of word of knowledge. She knows secrets in people's hearts, and you're like, wow, I really want that. I'm going to go have her lay hands on me, see what happens. We are blessed with every spiritual we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. This is straight biblical, guys. Romans 1.11, Paul says that, I desire that I could come to you, lay hands on you, and impart some spiritual blessing that you would be established. In other words, we are blessed with every, our family is blessed with every spiritual blessing that is in Christ Jesus. We have access. There are some things that the Lord actually wants you to get from your brother or sister It's a state of honor and humbling. I've had so many powerful men and women of God lay hands on me. I used to be like the really annoying kid at all the conferences who would run up to the stage and be like, bless me, brother, (laughs) pull their hand. (laughs) I've had Rick Joyner, Don Potter, Mike Bickle, Todd Bentley, Randy Clark, Patricia King, Michael Miller, Heidi Baker, Seriously, had them all put their hands on me. I want what you got. It's humility. God gives grace to the, do you know that some of these spirit, the spiritual enablements are actually called graces? God gives grace to the humble. There's still something that in the heart of God where he loves Jacob the heart of Jacob, way more than the heart of Esau. See, Jacob was the kind of guy who he would actually seek after the blessing. He wanted it. Esau didn't care about it. Jacob would do just about anything. He went to extreme lengths to get the blessing. Now, I I don't want us to turn into conference junkies or minister worshipers. I'm definitely not about that. In fact, I actually believe that the... That in this room, in this room, is every deposit of God we need to turn this world upside down. Jesus had 12, 12 that he established the church with. And it spread like wildfire to every corner of the globe. We have quite a bit more than that in this room. I think we have everything we need right here, right now. You guys have heard me talk about uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 26, where it says, uh, what do we say then, brothers, when you gather together, one person brings a tongue or an interpretation of tongue, another person brings a teaching or a a testimony, someone brings a casserole, and..." That, the reason Paul knew that would work, the reason they all knew that would work is because uh, they could actually see the image of Christ in each other. So when Bartholomew took the microphone, Christ was manifested in the room because everyone honored him as a son of God. And, and then when Matthias came up and, and shared a testimony, Jesus showed up in a Matthias suit. <laughs> Are you picking up what I'm spilling? Because they actually honored him as a son of God. There has to be honor. There has to be, we have to see each other through the eyes of Christ. We have to see that that's a manifestation of Jesus right there. I need what he has. That's a manifestation of Jesus right there. I need what she has. And as we, as a church, look at everyone as such, no matter who takes the microphone, will manifest Christ in the room. Wow. Do you know how Joshua had the same spirit of wisdom that Moses had? Because Moses saw God and then touched Joshua. The contagion was passed. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of God that was on Moses, went to Joshua. Moses saw God and then touched Joshua and blessed him. Deuteronomy 34.9 says, Joshua was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses laid his hands on him. So all of Israel listened to him. Pretty crazy, huh? Do you know why Elisha had the same spirit on him that Elijah had? Elisha honored Elijah, took the garment that Elijah had been wearing when he was taken into heaven. Basically, again, he was touched by Elijah. Do you know why Timothy had the ability to pastor the churches that Paul planted? Because Paul laid his hands on Timothy. 1 Timothy 4.14, don't neglect the gift which was given you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. One of our favorite verses at EJS this year is 2 Timothy 1.7, God did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. Anybody would like to have more sound mind tonight? Some more power, some more love? Do you know why Stephen and Philip went from being table waiters to regional fire starters and revivalists? Because the apostles laid their hands on them. And virtue was passed. It's Acts 6 6. Do you know what Jesus is imparting tonight? He is imparting tonight. My wife is breastfeeding right now. We're going to get real for a second. She can't drink as much beer as she'd like. Because we don't want a drunk newborn, do we? (laughs) Do you feel the religious spirit just pucker up and leave? Um... Seriously, if my wife drank too much beer and then breastfed our baby, our baby would be drunk, right? Do you know that God is called El Shaddai, the Many-Breasted One, and the nations suckle and on the sustenance from Him. What do you think He's been drinking? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Woo! These men are not drunk as you suppose. <laughs> I think that if we're uh suckling the bosom of heaven, we should be hammered with heaven. We should be pretty much sloshed with the joy of salvation. And what God's been drinking would be passed straight into our bellies. Come on guys, Jesus' first miracle. He turned water into wine. It was six earthen vessels. Six represents the number of man filled with water. He wants to take the water of the word and turn it into wine in your bellies. He wants to impart joy.